Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There's never going to be an apology for winning. That never. said, never. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> will take this one and run. Good afternoon, everybody. A good victory Monday afternoon to you all. Yeah. This is, of course, the Southside Beat as we are Monday through Friday, 3 to 3.30 Eastern, here on DK Pittsburgh Sports, live on YouTube, and then later where podcasts are found. He's Chris Halleck. I'm Corey Crisson. Seven-point victory, but the Rams left seven on the field. There's a ton we could talk about this, but nonetheless, Chris, the Pittsburgh Steelers are four and two. They're four and two after the bye week. They yep. come out with the win in Los Angeles over the Rams. Yep, uh, Tomlin now improves to thirteen and four after the bye uh, since taking over as Steelers head coach. Uh, the comment already of the day was that fire Canada, fire Matt Canada, saying I've always backed Canada. Um, that was, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, like the, the one huge takeaway that I still, I, I've, I've, I've watched it back a lot, but that let's go that Matt Canada let out. There was some pain in that, that was released. Like if you really, really watch his face, like, yeah, there's like, he's excited, but there was some like. Finally, like, <laughs> God, just there was just finally there was just something about like just just utter just stress relief. Like, yeah, it was um, I kind of I kind of felt because really he has been through the ringer, man. And I'm not saying that he's not without criticism, um, but man, I kind of feel for the guy after a while. Like I really do. Like there, there is still a human element here. He is still just a person trying to do his job. Yep. And uh, to see him kind of just to see the expression on his face when he gave that let's go. Like I was just kind of like, you know, what? I kind of feel a little, I feel a little good for him now. Give credit where it's due. Okay. Yeah. He called a really good second half. This yes. was more than just about, mm-hmm. this was more than just about, Kenny Pickett turning it on in the fourth quarter. This was more about Kenny Pickett completing all of his passes in the fourth quarter mm. and the team being really good in that fourth quarter that led to that victory over the Rams. Bob, yeah. thank you for being a, a member for four months. We appreciate that. Yes, thank you so much. It, it's it's more than just about all of that. You have to give credit yeah. where it's due to two people that I think a lot of us were calling for jobs for, Matt Canada and, and Dan Moore Jr., I think the offensive line played as best as we've seen them play oh, all season. No as a doubt. Collective. No doubt. As a Especially collective. in the second half. Yeah. 
the touchdown run from Jalen Warren was a prime example of what happens when good offensive line play comes into the mm-hmm. fray. All three of Dan Moore, Isaac Sayamalo, who, by the way, has really turned it up the last few weeks. Sayamalo has. I mean, Sayamalo was a he was a especially in the run in, in run blocking. He was a he was a wrecking ball. Um, hey, those two and Mason Cole played really well mm-hmm. all game long. They played really well. Now, there were some instances where Chooks was getting beat, but overall, the offensive line play was outstanding by my by my accord. And that led, obviously, to success in the run game. That led to not one, not two, but three rushing touchdowns after the Steelers entered this football game Mm. with zero through five games this season. The very identity of the offense is the run style, the physical go-after-it running game. And they were not great pre-buy with the adjustments, with the alignments, with all of the um, changes, so to speak, that were made over the course of the bye week that net three rushing touchdowns and the Steelers got at least a little bit of their identity back on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. A B Phil coming in and have the rain on everybody's parade saying it was only one and a half quarters of a good game. Stop. Uh, now to be fair and to your point, B Phil, I'm just messing with you saying you got to rain everybody's parade, but uh, he's it, right. no, no. The first half was really rough, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, it was, it was rough. They, they did not find a rhythm on offense. I just, I didn't see, and I mean, it was indicative in the very first series. There was not a commitment to running the ball in the first half. There just wasn't. Um, I think it was like eight combined carries between Najee and Jalen in the first half. It's like, you're not even trying. I mean, the first series, it was pass, pass, pass. And that was after Najee gained eight on the, on first down. Like, how do you not get a first down whenever you have second and two? Um, it just, I, I like, I, I, it, there was not a commitment enough in the first half to, to run the ball. They, they got a little bit better about it um, in the second half. And obviously the, the TJ interception is what really put the win back in the Steelers sales because I mean, even though the defense ended up allowing a touchdown after that and to, you know, for the Rams to, to retake the lead, it still gave the, it gave the offense an opportunity to get into the red zone to score, which they weren't doing at all in the first five games, was scoring in the red zone. And then that gives the offense confidence to then go out there and try to do something, and then they scored on two of their next three drives. They did. Uh, Matthew brings up Steelers did a good job of blocking Aaron Donald. They certainly did. I would say and, scheming away from Aaron Donald. And, and that that's what I was going to say, too. Yeah. They did a good job of making sure that Aaron Donald was nowhere near the football. Yeah, And, and you're going to beat the L.A. Rams, and – their defense has been okay, but when you have a, a future Hall of Famer, one of the top arguable five best defensive players in the game's history, you just have to find ways to get them out of the game. You have yeah. to find ways to get the football, and I'm not making this sound any more complicated than it is. Get the football away from him. Play play keep away. That's how you beat the Rams. You play keep away from Aaron Donald. You don't let him get to Kenny Pickett. You don't let him get to Najee Harris. You don't let him get to Jalen Warren. And the Steelers did exactly that. Robert says the Steelers wide receivers need to take some calm pills. Look, the 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 there must be something in the water on the south side again with the unsportsman likes, because uh, that's what cost Pitt in a way on Saturday when I was down in Winston Salem at Wake Forest with uh, the the safety committing two unsportsman likes on one play, and yeah. then George Pickens just 
seemingly couldn't keep his mouth shut over with Akello Witherspoon and, and Yeast, the safety for the Rams, and then yeah. Deontay, of all people, got involved on it too. So they got to be careful with those yeah, going forward. I, I know, and George did talk about after the game how, you know, the Rams DB has kind of gotten his head a little bit. He was a little, you know, inspired, if you will, to say something. But those penalties could have come back to really bite them. And they showed on the TV broadcast multiple times. Mike Tomlin kind of taking Pickens and, and Deontay over here by the shoulder yeah. and saying, hey, guys, stop <laughs> without being too colorful on that. Yeah, no, um, it, it's true. Uh, Matthew uh, says, uh, but why can't Kenner call? Plays like he did in the fourth quarter for a whole game. Um, well, um, to be fair, th- there are very few off- offensive coordinators that bat a thousand for an entire game. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it just it doesn't happen. Uh, there are going to be uh, periods where the defense adjusts, um, and you you've then got to make your own adjustments to then get back ahead of the defense. So even the best uh, game play callers in the game um, are aren't great for four quarters. Um, but I think that's. It is kind of interesting, though, that every time the Steelers' offense does seem to get going, and this is really going back to last year, too, is it, it doesn't happen until the fourth quarter. Now, I don't know if that's just because there's the the actual, like, end line is there. Like, okay, we're running out of time. We've got to, we've got to do something different. There should be more urgency earlier in the earlier in the game to do some different things. There should be. Instead of, you know, trying to be, you know, trying to be, you know, hard headed or headstrong or whatever, and, and try to just keep doing what you're doing. And even, even though it's not working, whatever it is, there should be more urgency to try to make adjustments. Um, I also think that part of it is just the offense really executed very well. And that made Matt Canada's job a lot easier too. Sure. Uh, let's, let's not pass over this either. The very generous spot of that Kenny Pickett scramble yeah, on on that kept that kept that drive alive and that sealed the game for the Steelers. The Rams couldn't challenge it because it was outside of the two minute, and uh, they, they didn't have any timeouts yeah. left. So it was a bad spot. I mean, just it, it was it a was. very generous spot for the Steelers on that yeah. one. And uh, look, sometimes the ball goes your way, sometimes it doesn't. And look, I think anybody that watched that game says the Steelers got away with that. But let's let's not minimize but, i mean yeah let's let, let that minimize anything else the Steelers no. did because the rams had a field goal kicker that missed you know extra Nine, points field goals yeah. they left seven points on the field the yep. rams left pl- plenty of opportunities on the field yep. but at the same time credit matt canada credit kenny pickett credit the steelers offense and credit that defense credit the defense they held cooper cup to basically nothing they minimized what was what was a b- already banged up running game not that that running game was going to break out for anything but yeah. they didn't let the Rams really get into much of a flow other than the Stafford connection with Puka Nakua. The like, thing I, that, I thought the yeah. secondary did a much better yeah. job. And by the way, it's no secret because Joey Porter Jr. played more. Yeah, I, I well, I think uh, I think there were two things that I that I liked seeing, and, and maybe this will will. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what more has to happen to get Joey Porter Jr. actually starting, um, but yeah. They started shutting down Nakua a lot more once Porter was in there more often. Um, but really, one other thing that I think really helped the defense in the second half was they finally started clamping down on that running game. Mm-hmm. Um, they they were giving up well more than five yards of carry in the first half. Uh, they did much, much better in the second half. 
Uh, of course, TJ's interception, you know, led to the touchdown that made the Rams play from behind for the first time. Um, and they obviously did something different to take the lead back. Um, but the defense did a better, much better job against the run. And that just goes to show you that when they make the offense one dimensional, when they force them to throw the ball more often and they can't run the ball, um, this defense that can do some really, really good things and can be one of the better defenses in the league. And so um, that was one thing that really stood out to me in the second half as well. It wasn't just obviously, obviously the offense going three for three in the red zone was huge, but the defense finally clamping down the running game helped them be much better in the second half. Robert asks, what grade do you give the Steelers tight ends? This is so hard because when you don't have Pat Fryermuth and you don't have arguably the third best pass catching weapon in your offense, it's hard to adjust to something like that. And Connor Hayward and Darnell Washington simply are not the tight ends that Fryermuth is. Fryermuth is a complete tight end. He can block, he can catch, he can run routes, he can do everything. Hayward yeah. is a specialized tight end. Washington is a specialized tight end. Heck, even Rodney Williams is a specialized tight end, if you want to go down that far. So I can't really give the tight ends a high grade, but I can't give them a low grade either because it's not like they did anything that cost the Steelers anything major. And by the way, Hayward had the reception that helped set up one of the touchdowns. Yeah, So really overall, play, a good game. I can't really put a letter on it, but I thought they played fine. No, that they played well. That they, they they blocked their assignments. Um, the the play that you mentioned, where where it was the throw to Hayward, it was a play action pass. Um, that might be my favorite play call, or or even favorite play. I would say play call. I don't know about if it's my favorite play in in that I've seen in the playbook, but it was it was a play that really. If anybody who's like read any of my chalk talk stuff or even heard me whenever I start talking X's and O's on here, like I like plays that manipulate the defense and then give the offense multiple options. Obviously, you want to be able to do that all the time, but you want to be able to execute plays so that you can do it just against just about any kind of coverage. And the thing that I loved about that play was you had Sayamalu pull and you had Connor Hayward at the snap also pull. So at that point, it looks to everybody on the defense like it's a run. It's not just Kenny turning around to fake a handoff. It, it's being blocked as if it's going to be a run. And then Connor does a great job of turning on a dime and going the other way. Kenny gets out there, and then he has Connor Hayward short, and he has George Pickens deep on a corner route, and actually George was open. If yeah. Kenny would have had – the 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 gall to do it he could have put it over the top and hit george but he took the safe throw and then connor got them down inside the five so it was still a good play um really great play designed by matt canada and was perfectly executed as well so it was just it was great to see something like that happen in, in good misdirection here the, the i like that this call from hodge here he says the best play was the naji run the misdirection i really like that play call as well and again that is more dan Moore, more isaac siamalu more mason cole really opening up the holes for Najee and Jalen to run through. I thought yeah. the offensive line, again, was absolutely spectacular. Uh, Phil yeah. says, like, a C to the tight ends. If that's average, I'm fine with that. Like, I can't, like I said, I can't really put a letter grade when they didn't yeah. win the game for the Steelers, put that in air quotes, and they didn't lose the game in air quotes for the Steelers either. But, I mean, if, I mean, especially if, if you don't have Pat Fryermuth in there, I mean, you're, you can't, you can't ask any of those other three guys to try to be Pat. No, you, you just can't like 
every every single one of their tight ends has their strengths. You play to your players' strengths. Don't ask Connor Hayward to be Pat Fryermuth. Don't ask Dornell Washington Washington to be Pat Fryermuth. I think that was the thing that made it really difficult for the receivers whenever Deontay was out is because you're trying to make up for what Deontay does with Allen Robinson and Calvin Austin when neither one of those guys can do anything close to what Deontay does. And see, and and I'm not trying to change the subject too much, but what now that Deontay's back and you saw the way he ran routes, you're like, God, that's what the Steelers have been missing in the passing game. Because <laughs> man, he made some Rams players look stupid with his route running. Um, that just the Steelers haven't had that. Um, and so when it comes to the tight ends, it's like you play to their strengths using Connor Hayward in a way where, like, like on that play we were just talking about, perfect way to use him. When we start talking about, you know, how to use Darnell Washington, how to use Rodney Williams, having them block on the edges and seal off the edges when they're trying to run outside zone or when they're trying to run some sort of gap scheme up the middle, just when you're when you're rep and that's all that's yeah. all they asked them to do and they did it for the most part. Uh, Matthew says uh, it seems like the Steelers are relying on Johnson and Pickens a lot, but wish we got Calvin Austin more involved. Here's your snap counts, okay, real quick, out of fifty nine snaps. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenny and the whole offensive line, obviously all 59 Pickens played 53 out of 59 snaps, Deontay 39 mm-hmm. out of 59, Allen Robinson, 38 out of 59. And then if you were to look at wide receivers, you'd go all the way down to seven for Calvin Austin out of 59. Yeah. So if it seems that way, it's because it is that way. But I would also argue that Allen Robinson versus Calvin Austin, of course, they're two different wide receivers. Mm-hmm. But for what they need from that wide receiver three, so to speak, and maybe this does change with Pat Fryermuth not on the field. You know, maybe Allen Robinson gets that heavy snap share over Calvin Austin because Pat Fryermuth isn't there for intermediate stuff. But now the Steelers have a, a, a well-rounded receiving core with Deontay back. You saw it immediately yesterday. He got the ball, and, and I think maybe the play of the game for me. You talk about, you know, the Hayward, the Hayward setup, the Najee setup, all those Yeah, setups. just a nice play, yeah. The Deontay, that, that big catch and run he had early in the third quarter, to me, that set the tone for the second half. Mm-hmm. And that showed, yeah, Deontay Johnson's back. This is what Deontay Johnson does for the offense. Yeah. So not having Calvin Austin on the field, I think it's partially a product of Deontay being back and partially a product of Pat Fryermuth not being there because think about it. If you want to put Fryermuth and Allen Robinson on the field, you have two guys that work here intermediate to short. You really don't need that. When you have one or the other and then Calvin Austin, you can threaten deep with Calvin and then threaten short with, with either Fryermuth or, or Robinson. That's the best I could make an explanation of, of a lack of a Calvin Austin yesterday. Um, B Phil says Deontay needs a touchdown. Um, if he does that, what he did yesterday, every single game, I don't care if he gets in the end zone or not, as long as the Steelers score yeah. touchdowns when, when they get in the red zone, if he helps them get there, that's all that should matter. Like really? Like, I, I mean, I think Deontay would take that too. Deontay will take what happened yesterday. If they can do that at every single game, because uh, yeah, they, they're, they're about winning. It's not about stat padding. It's not about anything because the stats will come if they execute like that, because I can think of two passes in particular where Deontay ran routes and ran routes that nobody else on the team could run and had big time catches because of it. The one catch you're talking about was one of them where he did the outside and then, you know, cut back up to the middle. Like nobody else on the Steelers can run the route like that. And then the one where he had the out route 
you know how hard it is to get to, to, to win against a cornerback when he has outside leverage on you and you're trying to run an out route? Do you have any idea how hard that is? It's no, insanely it's, it's insanely hard because a cornerback is outside of you. You're trying to get outside of him. So he already has the advantage on you. You've got to find a way to try to manipulate him enough because route running isn't just about how, you know, how sharp you can turn or how fast you can change misdirection. It's also about how you can manipulate the cornerback into freezing him for just a second. And Deontay did this little shimmy where it looked like he was about to turn up field and it got the cornerback to turn his hips just a little bit. And as soon as he saw the cornerback turn start to turn his hips up field, he immediately cut to the outside and that was all he needed to get outside leverage on a cornerback that had outside leverage on him. And that was the catch, the out route that he had um, that put the ball inside the red zone. I don't remember exactly what touchdown to drive it was, <laughs> but it, but that particular, like if you watch that route run again, it's just gorgeous route running. Like that is exactly how it's done. It's why he's one of the best in football at doing it. Uh, Bob says, uh, he looked like uh, looked like Calvin Austin was Gunner for Halloween. Goodness, that uh, that punt return, that punt return, the one he bobbled. Yeah, that was stopped oof. me. It stopped me for a brief moment as well. Yeah, uh, John says his first live Steeler game yesterday, easily seventy percent black and gold in the stands. I believe that a hundred percent. I believe that uh, even on TV, you could tell that it was a really heavy weighted. Steeler crowd there, as it usually is on the West Coast, by the way. Yeah. So really good job uh, by Steeler Nation out there. Still remember um, Steeler Nation at the at the Chargers game when they were playing in that soccer stadium. I think that was when yeah. Duck Hodges was the quarterback. Yeah. Still remember that, man. That was like, I don't remember what the percentage was, but that, that was crazy. Uh, a, a quick shout out, by the way, to Presley Harvin, because if he's healthy for he's, all, if he's yeah. healthy for all 17 games this year, he's all pro. Yeah. I mean, he's on an all-pro punting level right now, and and I know uh, there doesn't need to be too much talk about punting and special teams, but look, I mean, special teams were the difference for the Rams. Mm-hmm. Chris Boswell has been steady Eddie this year. He's Perfect. been unbelievable Perfect. this year. Mm-hmm. And Presley Harvin, when healthy, has been one of the best punters in the NFL. So yeah. we can talk about special teams all we want, and the Steelers have that down, maybe with the exception of the punt return game right now. Yeah, no, I mean, special teams has been huge for the Steelers. I mean, that, that's a that's a huge, a huge thing because it 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 helps them win the posi- uh, the field position game because uh, that that is a, that is a part of the um a part of the game that um gets overlooked way too way too often. Uh, John, thank you so much for gifting uh, ten subscriptions. That's that's awesome or ten memberships. Appreciate that, man. Thank you. John. Um, but yeah, there it was. Um. Yeah, with Presley Harvin being able to pin the ball inside the 20 or even, you know, hit those, you know, 40 to 45 yard punts, but get but get zero yards and returns uh, where you're netting exactly what you're punting. I mean, that's exactly what you want. And then Boswell, it's like, dude, just get it to the 35 yard line. I mean, I mean, I, I maybe even maybe even like just inside the 40, depending on the venue. Um, I mean that, that shortens the field for the offense. You're, you're then like, obviously you want the offense to go down get in the red zone and score, but it, in case they can't for whatever reason, or in case you get into a, a defensive slug fest where every single point matters, like when they play the Ravens, yeah, just get the ball to the 40 yard line, get the ball to the 38 yard line. Cause we know that Boswell can give us three. 
you know, that that's a that's a huge weapon to have in your arsenal. And that's what makes the Ravens so difficult to play because they have arguably the best kicker of all time. And they can just do that. They can just be like, okay, well, if all else fails, we can get to the 40 yard line. Tucker's going to get us three. And when the Steelers have that with Boswell, it, it makes it makes everything easy. CJ says, uh, we're the Tomlin bashers today. I'm no mathematician, but since last year's bye week, seven and two plus four and two, 11 and four since last bye week. Yeah. And this goes with all of the deficiencies that come with having Matt Canada as an offensive coordinator. This comes with a rookie quarterback last year, Kenny Pickett, learning the way, learning along the way. This comes with a lack of Deontay Johnson, no Pat Fryermuth, no Cam Hayward, all these injuries. A lot that of have injuries, happened, yeah. A, a bad secondary in a lot of spots. The Steelers are 11 and four in their, since that bye week last year. And I think there needs to be something, some credit given to Mike Tomlin, obviously, but. It, it really is something. And I know you can never apologize for winning. You can never apologize for being four and two, but it doesn't feel like this team should be four and two. I think yeah. both statements can be validated and correct. Uh, Matt, Matthew brings up something interesting that I want to, I, I kind of want to just, I really want to be devil's advocate here. And this is just because I'm an agent of chaos here. I'm down for it. I still think Canada needs to be, and Matthew says, I still think Canada needs to be gone at the end of the season. I agree with you, Matthew. But what would you what would you rather have? Would you rather have Matt Canada gone, but or would you rather have the Steelers win the Super Bowl this year? But that means Matt Canada stays for another three years. <laughs> because mean. if the Steelers win the Super Bowl, Matt Canada ain't going anywhere. You're mean. <laughs> I mean, let's let's just be real here. I mean, I mean, like, what would you rather have? Would you rather have? The Steelers, you know, fall short. However, they fall short of winning, winning at all, which is the, obviously their ultimate goal. Or would you rather them win the Super Bowl, which probably means that Matt Canada gets another contract? No, I, I and KG says not going to happen. I agree. I I do not think the Steelers are a Super Bowl team right now. I don't think so. I, I, I don't. I'm just. That's why I'm saying that this is this is it's a hypothetical, and I'm just being mean at this point. So. Let me tell you something though. I think what we learned over these last couple of weeks is the AFC is up for grabs. I, I think other than Kansas City, I I don't know what team Baltimore, but the Steelers just beat them. I I can't say Buffalo Baltimore with confidence. Made Detroit looks so bad yesterday. Them. They, they embarrassed they, Detroit. I mean, I was watching that game yesterday. I, I watched it up until CBS had to cut away for, or Fox or whoever had to cut away from it because it was it was getting so out of hand. I mean, it was the Raven. If the Ravens play like that, Ooh. nobody stands a chance. Ooh, nobody no. stands a chance because they looked like a perfect football team. Perfect football team. When Lamar Jackson is playing that way, the Ravens are scary. And the Pats beat the scary. Bills. There's a little bit of coin points out. Yeah. I was driving home yesterday from uh, from Wake Forest. I covered the Pit Wake Forest. If you want to call that a football game, um, wow, brutal. Um, and I have, I, I have am hope. not saying the Steelers are winning the Super Bowl. By the way, <laughs> I am not saying that. You I'm just started saying this, Chris. I, I know, but I'm saying I'm giving you a hypothetical. I am no soothsayer or fortune teller or anything like that i'm just saying if it meant like it like it, if the steelers won the super bowl but it also meant matt canada stayed as offensive coordinator what would you would would you be all right with that let me tell you this though yesterday i was on my way home and i have you know act you know satellite radio i got you know the nfl channels i got all the games ready 
and I'm I'm scrolling through on my wheel and I see and I see Lions Ravens and I go, oh, I'm gonna have a good one because I I time my drive out pretty decently that I make it home basically by the halftime window <laughs> of the 1 p.m. games and I go, oh, I'm gonna have a good you know last hour and a half or so drive home. This is gonna be nice, you know, Lamar Jackson. The Lions defense, the Lions are playing good. I got Jameer Gibbs in fantasy who did well. <laughs> and I'm like, this is going to be nice. And then just like that, 28 nothing. I go, what the hell? You know, what do you do? So I had to switch. I think I was on Bucks and Falcons, which uh, no, thank you. After that, uh, I did yeah. not have a good one o'clock viewing experience because, <laughs> uh, well, I had the Bills game on for a bit too. I had Bills Patriots, which of course nobody was going to think New England was going to beat Buffalo. Uh, but my yeah. point is, AFC all of a sudden is wide open. Like Kansas City, to me, I think this is a good defense that Mahomes had or has. And then Baltimore, who Pittsburgh already beat. And I don't know. Jacksonville, we'll find out next week, I guess, with the Jaguars coming to Pittsburgh, if Jacksonville is any sort of legit. Now, I will say, Jacksonville's 4-0, I believe, in their last four. And that includes, I think, three wins in 19 days or something like that with the trip to London. Mm -hmm. So like Jacksonville's playing really well and we'll get to the Jaguars throughout the week, but that's what I learned this weekend is that there's a lot of, uh, a lot of ball to be played in the AFC. And really, I don't think anybody has separated themselves quite yet. No. And plus, I mean, like, <sighs> yeah, I mean, really Kansas city seems like the team to beat. Uh, we kind of knew that going into the season. I think some people were, were high on Buffalo. Um, Joe. Yeah, yeah pit was pit was rough um yeah yeah i felt i started i felt for Corey. okay you don't have to start you don't have to wednesday at 6 p.m on the h2p podcast on this very platform you will hear me uh in everything i had to say about really stupid football from the pit panthers yeah. anyway continue uh to, <laughs> I mean, to look forward though martin mark says uh Jax is legit no doubt um Listen, th there's something that the Steelers and Jaguars both have in common is that they were both embarrassed by the Texans. So, um, about them. Th yeah. So, uh, the, 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 uh, the Jaguars, I, I haven't, uh, you know, dove too deep. That's my goal for tomorrow, obviously, because I'll do a, I'll do a preview on the Jaguars. So, um, I haven't, uh, dove too deep into the Jaguars yet. Um, but just from what I've seen, like, yeah, they're going to be, I mean, I picked them to win the division like to win the AFC South. Now I thought the AFC South was going to be a little less competitive than it's been so far. The Texans are better than I think a lot of people thought. Um, the Titans are not a good football team, but for whatever reason, they seem like one of those any given Sunday teams, like any given Sunday, they can show up and all of a sudden they're a formidable opponent. Like well, you just Derek never Henry know. Could, and Derek Henry could be traded by the time. Yeah. And then the Colts like, the Colts, I was shooting, man. They they were right there with the Browns, like all all game long. So um, that that division all of a sudden doesn't look uh, it looks more competitive than I think people initially thought. I think that people were thought the Jaguars were run away with it, um, and the Jaguars don't look as scary, I think, as people thought um, early on. So really, this I mean, this is the also the start of three games at home uh, in a row for the Steelers, and so this is an opportunity for them to really. Um, really build on this four and two start. Like if they can win two of these next three, preferably if you're going to lose one, you'd rather lose the one to the Packers um, just to, to keep your, your good record in the conference. Because when we're talking about tiebreakers at the end of the year, the Steelers need to have a good conference record. Uh, and as of right now, obviously they're 
their two losses. One of them is an NFC team. So right now they're so they're four and two overall. And so they're, you know, four and one uh, against AFC. I don't think yeah. they played in the NFC team. Yeah. So four and one against the AFC so far, you'll, you'll take that. Yeah. 100%. A uh, little bit of coin mentions the Browns getting some help as well, which they did. Well, um, NFL officials, man, it's just it, it seems like it's a like it's an issue this year. It's an issue every single year. It mm-hmm. really is. It's just I don't know. Well, B. Phil, the reason why the Packers are in trouble is because Jordan Love can't throw the forward pass, and uh, Brian Gutekind's there's blood on his hands for ruining that franchise as it is right now. Uh, Chris, before we get out, let's give some final thoughts. I'll go first. Yep, I'm. You could be happy about four and two. You could be mm-hmm. happy about beating a really tricky, I would say, NFC team. I would be happy about where the Steelers are at right now. Here's the but. And I don't want to rain on the on the win. You shouldn't rain on the win. I need to see it consistently. Oh, yeah. I still need to mm-hmm. see it over the course of four quarters and not just 1.5 quarters. I need to see Kenny Pickett turn up in the first quarter, not the fourth quarter. I need to see it, and I think this week's test against the Jaguars, who are playing really good football considering a lot of circumstances, Mm -hmm. this is a really important test coming up this week, which we'll get into more throughout the course of this week. Uh, By the way, Mike Tomlin tomorrow, as he usually Mm -hmm. is on Tuesdays, there was no locker room or anything today. The Steelers had today completely off. Yeah. Um, final thought for me was, uh, you know, I, again, three for three uh, in the um, th- three for three in the red zone. This was a team that was God awful in the red zone uh, heading into the game. Uh, this was a main point uh, of emphasis for this team coming out of last season, going into this off season, they needed to get better in the red zone. The first five games, they were significantly worse. Um to see them go three for three and to need a minimal amount of plays. I mean, they, they didn't even need a lot of plays inside the 20 to punch, punch the ball into the red zone. I mean, they need, they needed three plays on the first one. They needed two on the second. And I think they only needed two on the third. So they, they were able to punch the ball into the red zone pretty quickly all three times. That is, and and a lot of it came down to execution uh, a lot of it came down to play calling and to give a quick little plug, there's going to be a breakdown of that in my chalk talk for today, which is coming out later today. Uh, not too much longer, probably just in another few hours or so. Um, that'll be out where I kind of take a closer look at some of the things that stood out to me about why they were so, so successful in the red zone. If they can continue to do that, if they can continue to uh, not only execute the plays, but to, call things that kind of go against the things that we've been complaining about, about this offense. This could be a, an offense that is good enough to get this team at least into the playoff discussion for sure. And at four and two, they're heading in that direction. As of right now, you got to be in position. All that matters is winning. And I think all that Mike Tomlin will, would say is that all that matters is winning. They don't care how they do it. And they don't care about style points and they don't care about 400 yards of offense and scoring 30 points a game. I definitely don't care about 400 yards of offense because it hasn't happened in 53 games. (laughs) They don't care about any of that. All they care about is how they win the game on Sundays. And again, I reiterate, since that 2022 bye week last year, Pittsburgh is 11-4. and 
and they are four and two now in this 2023 season in what is suddenly a wide open AFC. He's Chris. I'm Corey. We'll do this again tomorrow on Tuesday after Mike Tomlin talks on a Tomlin Tuesday. Thank you all for tuning in on a victory Monday. Talk to you tomorrow. Peace out, everybody.